Welcome to the WIDA Connect podcast series, where we will explore all the hot topics affecting the equipment dealer industry. From industry news, government affairs, and manufacturer relations, to business best practices, technology, and marketing for equipment dealers. Brought to you by the Western Equipment Dealers Association, here to advocate, elevate, and educate. And now, let's connect. This is John Schmeiser, CEO for the Western Equipment Dealers Association. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Legislative Landscape. The Canadian government has taken some significant measures in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. And today, we would like to discuss the impact these measures have made on the economy. There is a consensus of Canadian economic analysts that the robust Canadian relief provided through financial support announcements from the federal government is having the desired economic effect. Gross domestic product increased by 6.5% in June, a record, and another 3% in July. We have also seen a decline in the unemployment rate across the country. Manufacturing jobs are on the rise, and the price of oil and other commodities are up, indicating increased demand. We are also seeing the housing market rebounding, most likely elevated by extremely low interest rates. A full third of household income in the second quarter was from government transfers. Canadians have budgeted the relief payments that were given to them and their disposable cash on hand overall is high, suggesting that as the economy opens to greater degrees, there is pent-up spending demand that will flow from this cash. And with the highly anticipated speech from the throne coming with the resumption of Parliament, the Canadian government does not apparently plan to cut in any drastic fashion, the stimulus injected into the economy. As of yet, new Finance Minister Christia Freeland has not discussed her budget strategy, so we will have to wait until the throne speech to find out whether the new strategy includes a guaranteed basic income, a national pharmacare plan, and or a range of multi-billion dollar green initiatives. All of these initiatives would be costly, and Canadians will be asking if we can afford them. So what will need to be addressed in the future is the massive amount of government spending that went into these Canadian measures. While the government intervention is being touted for its short-term stabilization of the economy, paying for this record spending will have to be realized. The federal debt has risen from $685 billion in 2018 to an estimated $1.2 trillion this year. Prime Minister Trudeau has ruled out the prospect of raising taxes to pay for any new social programs. So as this debt continues to grow, we can expect to see credit rating agencies downgrade Canada's ratings. So the cost of borrowing is expected to go up. As we discussed in our U.S. legislative landscape, the U.S. Congress has not been able to agree upon additional stimulus funding. Since the U.S. elected to implement one-time relief, as opposed to the continuing relief approach taken in countries like Canada, additional measures must move through Congress as specific legislation. While this has resulted in the U.S. exercising more government fiscal restraint than Canada's coronavirus relief, it also means that each measure becomes subject to partisan squabbling and gamesmanship. But long-term, the approach Canada has taken 
of taking on more debt at the federal level will have a more negative effect. There is no doubt that the agricultural equipment market is fully integrated and travel restrictions have caused some issues. Last week, the Canadian government announced that it has extended the mandatory quarantine measures for international travelers entering Canada. Travel into Canada until at least September 30th will continue to be subject to a 14-day mandatory self-isolation period. Travelers should not take this to mean that there has been any change in the state of the Canada-U.S. border. The border has been closed in 30-day renewable periods since March, and it currently remains closed at least until September 21st. The U.S. has enhanced screening for passengers from arriving from certain countries in Europe and Latin America, but on a national level, the only country that is subject to mandatory isolation is China. For Canadians that travel to the U.S. for business, they should be aware that some U.S. states still have some restrictions on interstate domestic travel given the unevenness of infection rates through the country. The restrictions remain most significant in the northeast states of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. The federal government has also announced a conditional deal with Novavax to secure 76 million doses of its COVID-19 vaccine that is under development. This deal follows similar arrangements with Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson to provide vaccine doses depending upon arrival of the vaccines and approval by Health Canada. Canada has now secured potential supply deals for over three times the population of the country, presumably out of an abundance of caution that the vaccines may require more than one dose. One question political observers are asking is, will Canada's minority government be defeated in a non-confidence vote this fall after they present their speech from the throne? At this time, it's too early to tell, but a lot can change within a week. Newly elected Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole has stated that bringing down the government this fall is not his priority, while Bloc Quebecois leader Yves-Francois Blanchet has stated that he will try and force an election if Prime Minister Trudeau, his chief of staff Katie Telford, and now former finance minister Bill Morneau did not resign in wake of the Wee charity scandal. The NDP have been silent on this issue but it is expected the Liberals will try and cut a deal with the NDP to keep their support. For the government to fall, all three opposition parties would have to support the effort. And with Harvest in full swing for most of our members' customers, I'm sure that our dealer member focus remains on serving our customers' needs at this time. Things will carry on in Ottawa like they typically do, although we are not immune from the decisions that our political leaders take. WIDA will continue our lobbying efforts on issues that impact our dealers, and we will keep you updated as things progress. Before we close, a quick reminder to check out our website, westerneda.com, for updates on our advocacy efforts and other key industry information. If you have any questions or concerns on this, or any other government affairs initiative that we are involved in, please do not hesitate to contact our office. Thanks for joining us. This has been We to Connect. If you have a question, would like to suggest future topics, or just tell us what you think about the show. We'd love to hear from you. Visit us at westerneda.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to We to Connect on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Until next time.